If you like what we're doing at Echoplex and aren't into Twitch, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Echoplex. For $5, you can get every show from beginning to end sent to you as an MP3. Even the stuff we bleep out because it's too spicy for Twitch. Echoplex would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the community support we receive. Find out all the ways you can support the show at echoplexmedia.com slash support. At some point, we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds.
Hey everybody, welcome to Down Ballot. We do this show live every Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific on uh, multiple platforms, but the big one's Twitch, of course. It's twitch.tv slash Media. Podcast listeners, make sure you're following us over there. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter and all the other places, whatever. And just real quick, historian Matt talked me into starting a whole ass other show, and we have a, we have a new show. I'm going to publish the first actual episode of the podcast for that show tomorrow before I publish Down Ballot and Local Love. The show is about technology um, and a lot of open source news on it, and it is called How the Tech Are You? which is a funny and stupid name, and it was my idea. So everybody, make sure you're following that show. Uh, I don't know, because that's just what I needed was another podcast. Um, yeah, what's up, Councilman? All of that tracks. All of that tracks. Uh, can you hear me coming through okay? It sounds to me like you're coming through the laptop microphone. Well, that could be, a, that could be an issue. Hang on one second. How the tech are you? <laughs> right? Shit. Settings. Interesting. Shouldn't be. Hang on one second. Hang on one second. Okay. Would that be better? That's much better. Okay, weird. Some... Something with the setup. Anyway, uh, much apologies, listener. I'm sure producer David will not cut that segment. No, out, I don't so ever go. Like when y'all when y'all fuck up, I leave it in the show every time. <laughs> Works for me. Uh, well, I'm doing fine, producer Dave. This is the councilman. As always, uh, uh, you can find me at t h e underscore councilman on Twitter, um, and also check out the contact page on the EchoplexMedia.com website for where you can find all of the fancy hosts and co-hosts and shenanigans. Uh, from everyone in the Echoplex Media universe. So really excited to be here for Locals Night. Please stay tuned for Local Love afterwards. Um, fantastic local music coming your way with uh, producer Dave, uh, possibly Chip DeVille. I don't know. And, uh, Chip DeVille and is now other... here every week. Oh, fabulous. So uh, producer Dave, Chip DeVille on the ones and the twos with the local tunes. So check it out a little later. And uh, definitely subscribe on Twitch. Drop us some Patreon bucks. And um, if you like, you can stream uh, Echoplex Radio when we're not streaming um, live. You can check out uh, just some of that local music on uh, sort of rando playlist. So find something you like and let us know and maybe we'll play it for you. And that's at eplex.xyz. And it's not so rando, actually. You can browse the, the library on there and add songs to the queue. They show up, what, maybe two songs after whatever you're listening to. So if you heard something you liked, maybe Big Small Towns by Model Rocket Scientist, you queue that right up at eplex.xyz. Wow. And it, it uh, through the magic of software, it will put it in, in line. And it just depends depends on like how much time is left on the current song. Sometimes it's like right away. I haven't figured out like exactly how to figure out how long it'll take, but you'll hear your song within 10 minutes generally. And it's, it's great. You can also catch that on tune in radio. Just search for Echoplex radio. Can't make requests over at tune in, but people have said they had much better experiences on the go using the tune in app than they have just like the browser on their phone. So, so long story short, you're going to get a much quicker turnaround time than you would if you requested a song at bamboo seven. Or Samu Seven Bamboo, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you, you that joke fell flat in its face because I screwed up the order. Well, you know, whatever. Sometimes uh, sometimes we're just not as funny as we want to be. That's true. I mean, we could do a whole show about how unfunny this show is. 
Well, speaking of unfunny, let's go ahead and get to the docket here. What do we have on leading off? Well, um, anytime the former president comes to the Bay, you know, it's 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 a story. So uh, Barack was here and uh, coincidentally, uh, apropos of our show and our network, he was talking about disinformation in the digital age. So I thought we could uh, hear what the former president has to say about stuff we've been talking about since he was president. Disinformation in the digital age, former President Barack Obama speaking at Stanford University today, calling for action in stopping the spread of questionable information. KTV's Ann Rubin was there and explains how he's worried about how it might weaken democracy if nothing is done. President Barack Obama. In the war on disinformation, former President Barack Obama says it's time Silicon Valley, legislators and the public took action. Now's the time to pick a side. Speaking at Stanford University, Obama addressed the risks posed by an unregulated and unchanged version of social media, the kind where lies about vaccines and election results go unchallenged. And over time, we lose our capacity to distinguish between fact, opinion, and wholesale fiction. Or maybe we just stop caring. Obama admits he benefited from social media on his path to the presidency and wishes he had seen the warning signs sooner. What does still nag at me, though, was my failure to fully appreciate at the time just how susceptible we had become to lies and conspiracy theories. Now he fears it will weaken democracy, and so he's calling for action, both internally from Silicon Valley companies and also from legislators. This is an opportunity, it's a chance that we should welcome for governments to take on a big, important problem and prove that democracy and innovation can coexist. It's a chance for companies to do the right thing. <laughs> you'll still make money, but you'll feel better. Experts say I don't know if that's very compelling. Mark Zuckerberg doesn't have feelings. Agree on right. what is true. Agreeing on a course of action may be challenging, but they say individuals can help stop the spread of questionable information. Why does information, why does false information, sensational information spread? It is because we do click that share button, right? We feel like this really made me mad and I'm going to share it with all my friends so they can see it and be mad too. We can resist that temptation. And President Obama hopes this is just the beginning because he says the risk of inaction is simply too great. Do we allow our democracy to wither or do we make it better? That's the choice we face. And it is a choice worth embracing. Thank you. Thank you. President Obama hopes Silicon Valley embraces his message, saying regulation and innovation aren't mutually exclusive. At Stanford University, Ann Rubin, KTVU Fox 2 News delusional yeah i mean it's it's old news frankly for us we've been discussing this for many many years and he should have yeah they should have been aware of it at the time they should have uh, read the writing on the wall because frankly you know this I, this comes from someone who worked on the president's first campaign um and was a beneficiary of all that social media juice um you know it, it's not like they were not, not like they were lying to people, right, or spreading conspiracies, but they were certainly spreading a message, right, and a and a, a vibe and a a narrative, and they were leveraging social media to do it, right. He was the cool candidate. He was the cool president. He still is the cool president, right. Um, so they were absolutely leveraging our susceptibility for 
one might say good, right, or more beneficial reasons, um, but they were still leveraging it and, and manipulating folks um, using the tools. So, yeah, pot meets the kettle. I like. But, um, I like how he said you have to pick a side as if they already hadn't. <laughs> like, right. That was that I mean, was what I this, liked. You know, you're in this room, right? Um, but yeah, and then the the feel good argument. You're right. Like, I if I believe that Jack or Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk had feelings, um, then I might you know be more hopeful about the future, right? Like, if Elon Musk, if if there was some benefit, some benevolent person who, like the Dalai Lama, you know, had forty four billion dollars and took over twitter <laughs> i feel a little better about things i don't know how i feel about the current situation but um Man, I, don't know. I mean yeah but you gotta love how to be honest with just on a total side note you gotta love how 44 looks man he's got the, the collar open he looks you know relaxed he looks like he's lost some weight a little less stressed so good for him in retirement and good and on him for go not good on him for not dying his hair right yeah, he has every yeah. opportunity to like have a really good dye job that nobody would know he dyed his hair. So good on him for not being like that kind of vain. I guess he looks good. He sounds good. But I think being the cool uh, living ex president or whatever, or being the cool living person who's the president, is like a low bar. Think of, think now, of, oh yeah, com- think relatively like, speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not hard to be cooler than Joe Biden, Donald Trump, and a a, a Bush. And a, and a Clinton, right? I mean, right. Even Bill's not all that spry anymore, right? When you remember when he played the saxophone, you're you're more about Arsenio the same Hall. Age, right? Yeah, he played on Arsenio Hall right. show. Played the saxophone. He was the cool guy, right? And then he got around, right? And he had girls in the White House giving him blowjobs, so he was he was Mr. Cool. That's um, some pretty good sax chops. I'll give him that. He's old now, though, man. He's a little frail himself now. So, but you're right. Yeah, it's, it's the the bar is pretty low anyway. <laughs> and Obama was always going to be the cool ex president. I just um. You know, I'm glad to see he's relaxed and, and out and but still, you know, trying to, you know, um, get after it and call people out. So whatever just, he can do from his pulpit, we'll I, see. I just think it's kind of ironic that he was giving that speech at Stanford University. If there's one place yeah. that all that shit came from, it was right. Stanford University. Right. Academics. Uh, Stanford, Stanford University and to some extent, the MIT Media Lab. I uh, have, have some splaining to do. Berkeley's not off the hook either. Hoover Institute. Let's let's not forget. So, yep. Well, uh, irony of ironies uh, on leading off tonight. But uh, love love to see you, Brock. Wish you well. Say hi to Michelle. She should be president. All right, Alme- <laughs> So, uh, moving on to winners and losers. If we're we're down to to see yep. who's who's losing this week, because most people are losing. There are usually not very many winners, um, and the only winners in this story are the losers. So. Um, Shall we find out about how much did you, do you happen to know how much fentanyl $4.2 million can buy producer Dave? I'm going to go with a lot. I have no idea. Well, we're going to find out from Terry McSweeney. A massive multi-million dollar drug bust in the East Bay. Detectives seized 92 pounds of fentanyl in oh, Oakland. And dear. Edward. There you go. You can see all the drugs piled up in this picture. That's 42,000 grams of synthetic opioids that were headed to the streets of the Bay Area. The value, about $4 million. This comes after a month-long investigation that resulted in multiple arrests. Detectives say this is just a glimpse of what the fentanyl epidemic is like in the Bay Area. Yikes. What's that? Per- so 42,000 grams, and then it was 4.2 million. So that's got to be pretty easy. What is that? 100 bucks a gram? Something like that. 
like that's, yeah, I'm, that, I'm really bad with math. Yeah, I, I don't remember the specifics. I, and I'm just what well, the problem is. They give you this like the street price once it's broken down, right? That's not the wholesale yeah. price for that. Not that, sure. not that, not that. That's the right hair to split here. Fentanyl, some pretty dangerous stuff, and it's the reason I won't do Molly anymore. Um, just mm. too, can, I just don't know enough people like who are in that scene to like know that I can trust some someone to get me stuff that is you know what I'm trying to get. So yeah, the the fentanyl thing is a big reason why I probably just won't do Molly again. And I had a lot of really good times on Molly, so it's a. It's unfortunate, but I just don't want to end up in the hospital off some fucking pill. I'm not, I'm not so spry myself anymore. I'm 45 years old, you know. I feel you there, um, but yeah, it, uh, it's certainly a, a problem. Um, I don't want to unders, uh, undersell it, and I don't want to trivialize it. It's a, it's a major problem, and uh, we there are programs and policies that are, uh, you know, in the works to hopefully address it. But um, again, it's just another. Another uh, aspect of our addicted society, unfortunately, people can't do good drugs like Molly and and LSD without getting laced with something else. It's just awful. Well, LSD is a little bit harder to lace with fentanyl because of the way it's distributed on the paper. Oh, true, true. Yeah, on the paper. As long as you get the paper, I guess I could it could get mixed into the liquid, but it would be a little bit more difficult to. But I don't like the way that that shit twists me real bad. Like the, yeah. I, I like the program that the last one put me in the last time I did the mm-hmm. LSD, you know, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. leave it the way it is. I'm gonna leave yeah. it the way it is. I always had it clean. It was always cleaner for me, but in the liquid form, um, the paper usually sometimes would have something extra in it to, for preservative or to let it make it affixed to the paper. But the Anyway, I haven't uh, done any. I haven't done any of that shit in years, though. So you get that metallic taste in the back of your mouth. You know, oh, this is going to be a bad trip. (laughs) (laughs) Or just not not like not like bad, but like I'm going to have some anxiety that I didn't want. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't. I don't know that I ever had a massively bad trip because I was always around good people, and we were very conscious of the fact that you know we needed to be in a good space. Yeah, (laughs) that it it. could go sideways. Uh, Correct. Yeah. So we didn't go to see the horror movie, right? Or we didn't uh, go walking in dangerous neighborhoods after dark, or we didn't, you know, do this, that, or the other thing, right? We're going to strange places or parties, right? Was not like the movies, kids. Just have fun. You could even have you can have so much fun just in your apartment. Um, I actually didn't mind sensory overload on it. Like a rave was perfect for me, actually, because I didn't really have to talk to anybody if I didn't want to. So if like I was in like my own head a little bit, it was fine to just dance. And if somebody did try to talk to you and you just tell them, oh, I'm kind of in my own head a little bit right now, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, they're like fucking cool with it. They're like, yeah, fucking, you know, have a good time, you know. Nothing like it. Nothing like those house house tunes, just uh, that pulsating beat, just riding through you. Break beats or drum and bass, like something with a little bit more oomph. Yeah. But anyway, all right. Well, enough of our wandering down memory lane of uh, <laughs> a time when we were young and interesting. Wild. <laughs> when down ballot goes wild, we'll we'll, we'll do a whole uh, tribute to psychedelics on down ballot in the future. Um, but speaking of psychedelics, uh, the Gilroy Garlic Festival, um, unfortunately, has suffered from. You'll hear about it in the story. Uh, just a sort of a slong slog of uh, blows and now it looks like it's going to be canceled this year and may not return in the same fashion it, uh, it ever was before, which is a tragedy if you're a fan of garlic ice cream. So let's learn more. Well, it's been a tradition in Gilroy for 42 years, but the Gilroy Garlic Festival will not be returning this year and may never return to what it once was. KTVU's Mark Sayer is in Gilroy with a look at the decision and what it means for the local community. 
Christmas Hill Park here in Gilroy is the center of the action every summer, but the pandemic, the shooting in 2019, and changes in insurance markets have made it impossible for organizers to continue the tradition. The garlic shrimp is always a top attraction at the Gilroy Garlic Festival, with chefs sending flames high into the sky. People come from near and far to Christmas Hill Park to have fun and celebrate the town known as the garlic capital of the world. But it's all coming to an end. We've worked hard to try to, you know, overcome the challenges that we, we have currently and we just couldn't get over that. Festival board member Tom Klein says the event has actually been losing money for much of the last decade, but with no revenue during the pandemic, the shooting in 2019, and an inability to get the kind of insurance required for the venue, it makes it impossible to continue in its current form. That business model here at Christmas Hill was just not sustainable for us any longer, just because the houses showed up, we couldn't park here, you know, just a lot of different things. The cost of uh, busing, all these different things uh, were prohibitive for us. The Garlic Festival is one of the Bay Area's summer rites of passage and also means a lot for the town. It has raised over $12 million for local charities over its history, but it also brings business into the city to places like the Princess Boutique. This brings people in. You know, it puts the town on in the map, you know, uh, so it's, it's going to hurt everything economically. Owner Pete Landeros is a Gilroy native and attended the very first garlic festival in 1979. That's what that uh, all these festivals are all about. It uh, brings people downtown and it uh, helps businesses. Resident Morgan Howard used to be a festival volunteer and feels the loss is significant. And you can smell it in the air. And that's the best part is like all the food. Um, the food is what brings everybody together. We all enjoy it. It's just a commonality the community has. While the festival is going away in its current form, it will continue with some smaller events such as a golf tournament and a farm to table dinner. The hope is to continue at least some of the tradition of charitable giving. Reporting in Gilroy, I'm Mark Sayer, KTVU Fox 2 News. I got their solution. They showed a downtown throw street party. Mm -hmm. Do it as a smaller oh. street party. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, simplify. Streamline. Close down the streets. Throw, throw a fucking street party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Throw, just, yeah, yeah. We got dance to the council. music on the brain. We can talk to the council and the mayor. I mean, uh, that one. there's one council member who like had a major party at their house, right? So we can yeah. talk they'll, to them. They'll be they, down they've with it. They've a plan. I don't know if they had enough porta potties though. Just make sure you have enough porta potties. So important. So important to have places for people to poop. You just don't think about it until everyone's pooping everywhere. Make sure you got the poop. Um, well, um, this sad face, honestly, I love garlic. I love the smell of garlic wafting up from Gilroy um, in the springtime. It's just the most beautiful smell and sensation in the morning. Um, reminds me of my childhood. Um, didn't realize that the, I was older than the garlic festival. That's pretty interesting. So, um, but, uh, you know, like we, like you said, rethink, renew, recycle. Well, the other thing. Do it again. I mean, I I just stopped going because no matter what, every time I went there it was like 105 degrees or some shit. Like, I'd leave, like, wherever I was at, it'd be like 83. I'd be like, oh, it'll be a little bit of a hot one. And I get there, I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, well it, Gilroy is just another, you know, it's another part of the world, really. It's like the Sahara, um, only, you know, it's right here in Santa Clara County. Um, so yeah, definitely wear your sunscreen if you're going to Gilroy anytime soon. 
Yep. Used to be the closest you could get in and out, actually, but now we're much more much more spoiled here. I remember driving out to Gilroy for in and out Yeah, after leaving, Just after leaving out, like, right? the bars or something in San Jose back when I lived in the East Bay. I was like, well, this seems like a bad idea, but I'm not driving. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I mean, it's, it's if you got to go, you got to go. Um, well, getting into more serious subject matter on winners and losers tonight, um, a bunch of losers, I think 90 to 100 losers uh, who came down with COVID after uh, they went to prom and other parents were not very happy. High school students are now recovering from COVID after attending prom earlier this month. The massive outbreak pushed the district to test students every day. And with prom season now in full swing across the Bay Area, other districts are now taking a second look at prom planning. Here's NBC Bay Area's Stephanie Magallon. Parents here tell me they hope San Jose high schools will learn from what happened in San Mateo and will consider implementing stricter guidelines such as enforcing masks or moving the dance to an open venue. Parents and students across the Bay Area are getting ready for the big dance, prom. Are you going to wear a mask to prom if it's just... It, well, if it's required, then of course I am. But if not, then I, I'll probably not wear it. Nancy says she wants her son to participate in these milestone celebrations. But at the same time, she's afraid of the risk that comes with being around so many others during a special day like that. Especially after hearing what happened with San Mateo High School. Close to 90 students tested positive for COVID-19 right after prom on April 9th. It was held at the Asian Art Museum in San Francisco. In a statement, the San Mateo Union High School District says masks were strongly recommended, but many students chose not to wear them. So far, all of the cases have been reported as mild or asymptomatic, and the district says they've now been testing students daily. And the state's guidance right now for K-12 is masks are strongly recommended, but not required. And so same will go for our proms. San Jose Unified School District says COVID played a big role in selecting venues for their proms, which are taking place late this month and in May. Three of their schools will have prom at Levi Stadium, where an outdoor venue is a possibility. Most of the schools are planning to do more of an appetizer style, um, where you, you know, standing orders type um, of arrangement instead of like a seated dinner. Gustavo offered his own ideas for how to keep students safe. They should um, organize prom to where, um, like, like in the entrance, they should hand, hand, sanitize like everybody there. Uh, make sure they're, wearing, they're all wearing their mask and properly so they don't get infected like what happened in San Mateo. Gustavo and his friends at San Jose High School will have prom at the Mexican Heritage Plaza, where two walls will be removed so students have both an indoor and outdoor location, hopefully making his mother and others feel better when they see their son walk out their door in a tux and tie. In San Jose, Stephanie Magallon, NBC Bay Area News. I like it. She's like parents across the Bay Area, including these one, this one family we talked to at San Jose High School. <laughs> right. And the same, the same kid who said he wasn't going to wear a mask if it wasn't required was the one they asked for the COVID stuff. And he's like, oh, they should, everybody should wear a mask. I'm like, dude. Right. But he's like, they should sanitize everybody. I'm like, I'm thinking of like a shower, like a sanitizer <laughs> shower on your way in, right? A spritz or one of those misters, right? Only it's misting like sanitizer. Right, it's like like when you go to the mall through the the perfume section, except they're like spraying like some kind of a uh, right. kind of like mild bleach solution on you. <laughs> Just close your eyes, children, as you're walking through the door. Close your eyes. Okay. <laughs> um, stand six feet apart while you're dancing, dancing your little your little flosses and your little duggies. Um. All right. Yeah, I obviously don't know anything about shit when it comes to kids, but regardless, um, what's a TikTok? 
Uh, also in the school category of uh, winners and losers this week, um, in uh, in other news, on the other side of the bay in San Leandro, there was a teacher who said some stuff in the classroom that at first I'm watching this with a good wife and I'm thinking, oh, that ain't so bad. And then as you progress through the story, it gets worse. So, oh, so it's like enjoy. A, it's, um, it's like a creeper weed. Correct. It's yeah, exactly. It creeps right up on you around 30 seconds in. New at 11, an investigation is underway involving a San Leandro middle school teacher who was caught on tape lashing out and saying inappropriate things to his students. He's since been removed from the classroom, but his words are creating an uproar with parents. NBC Bay Area Cheryl Hurd talked to one mother who is outraged. She said it's awful. She said it's awful to be in his class. She said Delita he's really Bryant reacting to a teacher dumb. caught on cell phone video who appears to go on a rant in front of her daughter at Bancroft Middle School in San Leandro. They didn't actually say why was he verbally attacking the student. It just it was a normal day in class and the kids happened to catch him in an outrage. In this audio clip posted on social media, parents are hearing firsthand what their kids are talking about in class. I've been through three tours in combat in the most dangerous places on earth, and I'm not in position to let some kid talk back to me. Period. That's just how it is. It really makes me upset. It really makes Whoa. me angry as an educator. Ron Edith Dimapasco Ramos works with students at the school. You don't talk to children like that. You do not treat children like that. In another recording, the teacher is heard engaging with his students. I have shot kids younger than him. Now that. <laughs> the San Leandro Unified School District superintendent put out a statement <laughs> to parents saying incident regarding inappropriate statements made <laughs> by a teacher at Bancroft Middle School has been brought to his attention and that the district is actively investigating the circumstances surrounding the incident, and in doing so, the personnel involved have been removed from the classroom. Bryant and Ramos says more needs to be done. In San Leandro, Cheryl Hurd, NBC Bay Area News. Yeah, that went, and that went turbo hella fast. It was like, I've shot <laughs> children younger than him or some shit. I'm like, whoa, dude. Right. Like even the line about like I've you know, did three tours and I you know I didn't do three tours so kids would talk back to me. Even that's like you know okay fine he was being a hard ass one day right okay you know you can get probably get around that. But yeah once you start talking about shooting kids you're 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 crossing a little bit of a line there. I feel really bad like we had um they had in the last story the uh you know public spokesperson right for that school district in San Jose and I feel awful for the public spokesperson who has to write the you know, the copy for the press releases about this right now, you know, like <laughs> the personnel has been removed from the classroom. Um, it's, you know, you, you kind of have, it, it, the good news is it's not like, um, it's just words, right? At this point, it's, there was no uh, physical uh, confrontation or problem um, or anything else. So in that regard, it's a little bit easier to navigate, but um, yeah, def definitely not the f uh, favorite thing of any PR person to have to do damage control. So Yikes. Yeah, even uh, the I did a few tours and I'm not, you know, trying to have kids <clears throat> talk back to me. That's like dripping with the implication that this person is capable of violence, though. Do you know what I'm saying? You still yeah. kind of like you, you. I still think like like whatever. It's a mistake. That's that's not the big deal. The one was like, oh, the rules have changed and I can't put my hands on you. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. Maybe dude. I'm just maybe I'm just tired of dealing with the kids shit. You know what I'm saying? These kids these days. Okay, maybe not. Anyway.
Um, <laughs> well, there you go. Just uh, just be careful what you say. If you're a teacher, I think it's probably advisable to be careful of everything you're saying because um, you absolutely are being recorded, no doubt. Um, do you want to lead into this next story? This is something you found for the docket. Well, I've already played this a couple times. It's fantastic. It's it's short though, and I figured it was down ballady as fuck. The trucker convoy that was in the United States, they started over in Barstow. They somehow made it through backcountry. And um, then they went all the way to D.C. or Hagerstown. Um, what is that? Uh, Maryland. And they came back. <clears throat> now they're just kind of driving around California and they decided to go to Oakland. Oakland. And, the town, um, huh? and they didn't get they didn't get the kind of warm welcome that they've gotten in Imagine other places. That. So what we're watching here for the podcast people is there's some old hippie standing in the way in Oakland. Sorry, dude, you and your, your convoy. I'm just going to stand in your way. Now there's people throwing eggs at the convoy. Get the fuck out of here. I live here. <laughs> Dang. That's, there's... Oh, don't come running at don't come running at people in Oakland, dude. They're like right by the Safeway. They're like, we'll get more eggs. You stand there, right? They're on they're not on sale. Their eggs are not cheap right now. Let me tell you. <laughs> this is just mayhem. This dude, dude appears to be. Does a dude in what appears to be like some kind of pro gun NRA shirt, like flipping the uh, convoy off there? They're not making any friends. My goodness. This is pretty impressive with the eggs. I mean, eggs are four dollars to a, a dozen right now, so that's like, like, oh wow! <laughs> they just like, what did they think was going to happen in Oakland, though? Yeah, so it's like thirty-three cents an egg. Man, that's like five dollars worth of eggs right there. And they're like kids. It's the kids that came out. They're like, get the fuck! Like, look at how young some of these kids are. They're like, get out of here. Oh, for sure. They're like, we just want to go to the boba bar, bro. So, yeah, that was just, and like, honestly, they went to, it would appear to be like a nicer part of Oakland. If they'd have gone to a less nice part of Oakland. That might've been a completely different scenario entirely. Yeah, very much so. I can, I can think of some places. <laughs> sure. I can think of some places in San Jose where that might not have gone over so hot. Um, anyway, well, uh, yeah, if, if you're in the trucker, convoy you know maybe stick to places that are more hospitable to truckers or we're maybe not so much truckers truckers with the uh the type of uh idiom that they're rolling in not so, i didn't want to besmirch all truckers truckers are awesome actually for the most part so the same convoy also uh went to uh, our favorite california state senator richard pan's uh home to his house to his house and like oh, blocked, awesome. blocked the roads in his residential neighborhood, and uh, very, very classy. Yeah, they very were sent classy. there by not a friend of the show, trash can Josh Coleman, and um, yep. Maybe we can ask him about that, Doctor Pan. Um, maybe, maybe, but uh, yeah, this they they received a, a not a very warm welcome in Pan's neighborhood either, but it was like a, a less dense residential neighborhood, so there weren't like dozens of kids throwing eggs at them. Right. Was, was Dr. Pan out there throwing eggs at them? That would have been, been fantastic. That no, would have been a great video. I would assume because of the, you know, he's basically a pure class. He probably was just, he might not even been home. 
Um, sure. Or if he was, he probably Hopefully just he was like in his living room with his family, like watching TV they, or something. They didn't roll over to Austin Bennett's house. No, actually, that, actually, I don't. He talked some shit on the trucker convoy too. He said it was like a false flag or an op or some shit. He just doesn't want to make any friends at Austin Bennett. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. We played um, crying out for his leadership. We played his uh, his, we got a recording of his Zoom hearing, and we played oh that on the show. Oh my. Uh, he wanted to re- uh, represent himself. The judge uh, referred him to a doctor to determine competency to stand trial at all. That's somehow not at all shocking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this this, this is truck, my shock face. Yeah, this trucker convoy is not making any friends in California. But after Oakland, I don't think they're going to be going to any um, population centers anywhere dense. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Shasta would be would probably be hospitable. Yeah, they'll probably go up to Shasta, uh, Red- Jefferson, Redding, uh, but they won't be traveling through uh, Oakland again no that's probably advisable or really anywhere in the east bay frankly at least uh, on the west side of the hills in the east bay um they certainly won't probably won't be visiting san jose although they could be because they might like want to like protest silicon valley or some shit who knows who knows well matt Matt mahan and deb davis are there to cheer them on so (laughs) all right so we got me biased no Oh, okay. So we got get your shit together, and I'm glad we're not watching another episode of that fucking documentary this week. Well, absolutely, because we'd be here until nine o'clock, um, looking at Big Guy Shaban's face for most of it. Yeah, uh, and and hearing the same fucking story about the dude. I forget his name right. already, but the same story. So, um, we're um, back to the Millennium ahead. Tower in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we have to. It's been two. It's been a couple weeks. So, <laughs> um, newsflash: it's still sinking. Can if you could imagine that. But there's experts who are going to tell us more about their expert opinions. Disturbing information tonight about San Francisco. Is it disturbing anymore? Tower data shows the high rise has dropped again, nearly a tenth of an inch in just one week. And experts fear it's a sign of things to come, more sinking and tilting. Before the tower is shored up on two sides, investigative reporter Jackson Vanderbecken has the story. This month, crews began digging 25 feet down at Fremont and Mission Streets, right there where the building is sinking and tilting the most. New data shows the building sank nearly a tenth of an inch in just one week as crews excavated around the base where they will extend the existing concrete mat foundation and tie it to piles anchored to bedrock. While a tenth of an inch may not sound like much, Veteran geotechnical engineer Larry Karp fears it's just a preview of what is to come as more earth around the base is removed. As they take all that away, they're losing lateral support. Karp says the lateral support buttresses the 10-foot thick slab from the side. Without it, he says, the tower will likely shift, sink, and tilt more than it already has. It's currently leaning 27 inches at the northwest corner. What you're going to have is the condition gets worse and worse and worse. This is uncharted and unpredictable uh, territory. A second geotechnical engineer, Bob Pike, says all the new digging comes at a critical time as the tower is steadily pressing on the soil along Fremont Street. This is like like having uh, a man who is leading forward and you excavate under the toes of his shoes. 
That would be a dangerous thing to do. The engineer who designed the Millennium Tower's fix, Ron Hamburger, has said he expects some additional settlement until work <laughs> is done this fall, but says That's that would good. happen even if they had done nothing. And city officials say the data they've seen falls within acceptable ranges. They say the high-rise is sinking about the same rate it was during early work to shore up the tower last year. But Pike is dubious and warns the city shouldn't stand by if the sinking problem continues to get worse. The old expression, uh, uh, when you dug yourself into a hole, you should stop digging, is just particularly uh, applicable in this case. Jackson Vanderbecken, NBC. Bay Area News. Mm, a very complicated situation, and we have much more of our investigative unit stories on the Millennium Tower on our show. Yes, you do. It's the gift. So, so many. It's got its own tab. The NBC Bay Area streaming app and go in depth on the Millennium by clicking on our. Yikes, yeah. dude. Uh, it's in acceptable limits. It's within acceptable limits of sinkage. Nobody, they don't want to do it, they're going to have to tear it down. It's, it's, well, it's going to come down in our lifetimes. That very nice and unassuming old man who's an expert in building sinkage just said it, right? Right? Like eventually, you got to just, you know, fish or cut bait, shouldn't get off the pot, recognize the situation, recognize you made a mistake, and just back off because you're doing more harm than good now, right? And the other guy was saying, you're just, you know, imagine you're taking uh, ground out from underneath your toes uh, and you're leaning, you know, forward. <laughs> Like putting it in, in terms everyone can understand. Um, but yeah, Ron Hamburger needs to do a better job next time, I think. Uh, when it comes to shoring up things or just building better buildings in the first place. Yeah, I, well, I don't know if he was the original person that built it. I feel sorry for everybody that had to try to fix the problem, actually. Good point. Because um, they didn't and, build and, the building. Well, and they're not, probably not making the decision about, you know, whether or not to, you know, go forward with trying to fix it, right, as opposed to doing what we've been saying and what you've been saying for a long time, which is tear the fucking thing down. Oh, you don't want to be the contractor or whatever going in there telling them, listen, I have bad hey, news bro. for you. <laughs> hey, bro. Listen, I have really bad news hey, for you. You're going to have to hire Mr. a lot of people to take this thing apart. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Mr. Hamburger, sir. We got we to talk. Um, well, uh, so yes, SF still needs to get his shit together. Um, in a massive sort of way. So we'll, we'll keep covering it. Um, and if Big Ad Shaban tries to dump a six-part show on us about another person that he found stuck in the system, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll call him on it. Um, but I do feel for that guy, that one guy in, in, you know, the situation. It sucks, but it was not. It was not what they were making it out to be. Well, I'm just glad that I didn't sure. see that documentary on the, um, on, the, on the docket this week. First of all, it gives oh, it's me... Done. Gives me time after and another thing to real quickly play you Austin Bennett's uh, Zoom hearing, <laughs> but also like I'm I'm just so done with that fucking documentary. I got I started to get angry at it last week. <laughs> it is done. Like yeah, luckily, well, luckily that was the last episode oh. for now of the first season, so it was a six parter. So we 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 were able to watch. That means we watched like sixty minutes almost of uh, of that <laughs> of that. Um, but we do it for you, listener and viewer. We do it for you so that you can uh, see the true underbelly of what we have to deal with in local news um, while they try to cover the underbelly of local politics. <laughs> so, it's a good way uh, to look at it. 
So what? So what? That's that's really why down ballots here in the first place. Um, but speaking of local politics, it's time to go down ballot and check out some of the local races that we're gonna uh, we have on the horizon here um, coming up in June. And one of them uh, are just dear old ancient actually county assessor Larry Stone is running for I God I want to say his eighth term. Um, the man's been in office for like twenty seven years. And he's trying to get it set a record for longest serving county assessor in California history. Um, the fact that you elect the guy that manages your property taxes is pretty scary. But um, anyway, wouldn't you know it for the first time in a while, he has an opponent and uh, we're going to learn all about him because we've got access to his, he just released his campaign song. Um, <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'll tell you more about it on the other side, but you just have to see the song and then we'll talk about, we'll talk about it. Thank you for believing that government can serve us. You are here because you know this office has a purpose. The most important office that you've never heard of assembles racks of data and stats, assessment roll for the property tax. It's the county assessor. Public service is what it's for. Andrew Crockett, the CPA, asks for your vote today. Accountant, well qualified, long shot but will turn the tide. Best shot, I'll tell you why. Thick or thin, I'm on your side. It's the county assessor. Public service is what it's for. Andrew Crockett, the CPA, asks for your vote today. Data analyst with the knack. Why is Mark Twain using a computer? Every structure for every shack. Will we lean in or lean back? It's the county assessor. Public service is what it's for. Andrew Crockett, the CPA, asks for your vote today. It's the county assessor. Public service is what it's for. Andrew Crockett, the CPA, asks for your vote today. And then there's more. Wait, there's more. There's a little talky. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Andrew Crockett, CPA, and you can vote for me as Santa Clara County's next assessor on June 7th. If you want to follow along as I reveal the secrets of property ownership, please share this video and follow me on social media. If you can donate to the campaign, it would really help us get out more content like this and spread the word. Links are in the description. Remember, vote Crockett June 7th. I'm giving him so much money to make more of these videos. You know how I say I'll play anything on local love, like if it's locally like made. Yes. Yeah. I fuck it. That's not true anymore. I'll not play this <laughs> fucking song on local love. I won't put it on Echoplex Radio. He would have to pay for airtime. Well, no, it's definitely campaign propaganda. So I definitely don't recommend doing that at all. But um, what did you think though of the of the the video? Would you would you vote for this guy? 
I don't give a fuck who the county assessor is. So yeah, the guy with the weird videos probably got my vote. <laughs> nice. Well, we all get to, it's countywide, so we all get to vote. Um, I actually know Andrew, uh, full disclosure, uh, we have met. He is absolutely, ge- this is who he is. Like he's he like is a- genuine to this. Like that is what he, that's how he dresses. That's who he is. He has uh, a very lovely wife who I think is like at least 20 to 30 years his senior. They live in a house that is ornamented as it, as if it were the turn of the century. Um, and yeah, that's just the life he lives, but uh, more so more power to him. Um, but he is a CPA. He is well qualified to be our assessor. And heck, I don't think he'd be half bad. And uh, the fossil that's in there right now, we can't, you know, we can't do much better anymore, or much worse, I should say. Anyway, they're running on, you would, you would die, producer Dave, the, the software that the assessor's office is working off of right now. It's like 40 years old it's 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 awful which explains why um there's they've got such so many problems with actually assessing properties and getting the right notices out to folks in a timely fashion it's just a mess so yeah i'd vote for that guy if the especially if like the other guy's been there for a very long time it's just time for someone else yeah absolutely we'll we'll, we'll study uh, we'll we'll do a little down ballot box bingo later and while uh, you'll get to meet the uh the incumbent um he's very enjoyable anyway uh in other news, down ballot, as we've been covering, uh, our uh, friend of the the show, Chase Boudin, <laughs> or, at least, or uh, imaginary imaginary friend of the show, Chase Boudin, the district attorney of San Francisco, um, has been under attack uh, from certain folks who didn't want him to be district attorney in the first place in the POA in San Francisco. And uh, there was a recall election uh, he's headed for in June. But now he's getting some support from other unions, not the police union. Um, so we're going to hear a little bit about that. Labor unions rallied today in support of embattled San Francisco DA Chase Boudin. Leaders of three big unions talked about why they support Boudin. They'll be encouraging members to vote no on the recall. Critics of the district attorney say he's not tough enough on crime, especially when it comes to Asian American victims. Speakers today disagreed with that. They hailed Boudin as unafraid to protect workers against big, powerful employers. Boudin says his record speaks for itself. And I'm really excited for people to start paying attention to what the data shows, what my record is, and all of the work that I've done and my office has done to help make San Francisco safer. The San Francisco Labor Council just announced its official support of Boudin. The recall is part of the June 7th election. Our investigative unit has been taking a close... No, no, you, no, no, I don't want, no, stop, stop trying no, to get us to watch, but we no already watched ads. it. We already watched it, no. Sorry, I didn't get to the end of the video. I didn't realize there was an ad for the, for Big Ad, a Big Ad ad at the end of that <laughs> um so this this actually is really a, uh this story while it was brief um it puts on display a very important delineation a very important um uh break within the labor movement um and it and it, uh it's important to remember public safety unions particularly police unions tend to be in their leadership at the very least but certainly in their membership for the most part more conservative as you might imagine um however that uh, the problem for them arises in that, and the the political challenge for them arises in that Democrats, progressives, liberals tend to be more friendly in terms of labor union contracts and public employees, and to be more friendly to public employees than conservatives. Right. So while their heartstrings might pull them towards Trump, locally they tend to endorse more Democratic progressive candidates. Right. Well, in this case, you know, Chase is a little too far. Uh, a field from them, uh, from the, the POA in San Francisco, but not so much from 
labor writ large, because labor writ large is mostly working people, service employees, um, and, uh, you know, grocery workers, healthcare workers. So uh, it's really the rank and file folks out there uh, that, and, uh, that are out there supporting people like Chesa and progressives, whereas the labor unions will sometimes uh, just support, or the police union at least will support who's ever uh, going to you know, defend their right to arrest whoever they want to more than the next person. Um, in San Jose, it's very interesting. There's a mayor's race here, and uh, there's a candidate who is a was a, a police officer, is a reserve officer, and yet the police union is endorsing one of his opponents. Why? You know, we can get into that on down ballot box bingo later, but that just goes to show you that there's uh, the police union is not necessarily the police is not necessarily uh, labor writ large. So very important to to know when you're covering local politics. So this doesn't <clears throat> this doesn't surprise me much at all because yeah the labor unions are going to be representing people like working people in the city mostly union members and the union wants the city to catch and release their membership if they like just do something stupid because people do Correct. something stupid every once in a while you know and so like you could be right. it, it's not you know if I mean I you know the the people go out drinking and they don't they don't want their fucking people getting like arrested for drunk in public just for walking home from the bar or like these kind of silly infractions and these, these kind of silly infractions like broken windows policing is always going to hurt the lower socioeconomic class more. And that tends to be who unions represent is people who work have to work people for a living. Color. They don't, they, they don't have a lot. They don't, they're uh, the people they represent tend not to have a lot of capital. And so the, 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 the thumb of the government comes down on them. And if, Chesa Boudin's getting rid of the kind of broken windows to, to the extent that it still existed in San Francisco and not prosecuting that shit and like trying to, you know, like be like, no, we're not prosecuting that. Why did you pull that person over? What they were walking home drunk from the bar. No, you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of stuff. And <clears throat> yeah, of course I think the labor unions would tend to be in favor of less aggressive policing for nonviolent crime. Of course. Sure. Well, let's not forget also that their membership, while also being you know low economic status, also is generally brown, black people, right? Um, who get picked up by the police and and harassed by the police and uh, thrown in jail, shot indiscriminately by the police more often than not, right? Um, so yeah, you can certainly imagine why they they have an interest there. Um, occasionally they do get on the same side, but it's pretty almost uh, they're almost mutually exclusive. When it comes down to it, and the same is true to some extent here, like I said, in, in the South Bay, um, but definitely in San Francisco, um, where it is just shades of, it is really shades of blue in a lot of ways. Um, but good to see that the Labor Council in San Francisco, which is probably the biggest, most powerful labor presence in the city, is stepping up uh, to support Chesa. That's a good sign. They will hopefully dump a lot of money into opposing the recall. Um I don't know that there's much else on the ballot in San Francisco this June. Um, I think they vote in off years for their, in odd years for their supervisors. Um, so hopefully they'll be able to spend quite a bit of money actually and, and push this back. And most people don't like recalls anyway, so we'll see. But the, the board recall was a little scary. So um, there are some factors at work there, but it's, it's a little frightening. We got two and another things because I want to show you that fucking that, 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 that hearing. But uh, what's that this worked. first one? We got time. Uh, this was an interesting story that popped up. Uh, I was just doing a little YouTube search on our local news channels and um, saw this hit about uh, how elections impact our physical health. 
And I thought that was that, that made sense to me. It's certain I've certainly experienced a lot of stress when it comes to elections, mostly when I'm working on them and my paycheck and my livelihood is determined by the by victory or, or defeat, um, or the success of my values, um, either or make me really uh, fidgety. Um, anyway, but uh, this this has actually been a study of how the 2020 election impacted physical health and cardiovascular health, to be more precise. So let's hear a little more. New study shows an increase in heart attacks following the 2020 election. Joining us now is Dr. Jamal Rana, an adjunct investigator with the Kaiser Permanente Northern California Division of Research and a chief of cardiology with the Permanente Medical Group in Oakland. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So this study was just published and we're not just talking about heart attacks. We're also talking about an uh, increase in hospitalizations for cardiovascular disease and heart failure. So tell us about those numbers. Yes. So what we studied was across California, both Northern and Southern California and Kaiser Permanente population among more than 6 million patients to evaluate the impact of emotional toll and stress on heart attacks and heart failure among patients around the uh, 2020 election. And what we found was that there was a 42% higher rates of hospitalization because of heart attacks five days following the 2020 election. And so we're seeing it after the 2020 election. Does this trend seem to continue to go up lately, particularly as these elections get more divisive? Yeah, that's, that's a very interesting question because in the past, for instance, I'll share with you in 1994, there was an earthquake in Los Angeles and there was a huge spike in heart attacks at that time. So certainly emotional stress plays a role in heart attacks. And, and the study uh, showed this and I think we just need to be, have more awareness around uh, and be cognizant that our emotional stress can have a toll on our heart around these, uh, in, even in the future elections as well. And we're talking about that impact of emotional stress can have on heart disease. What can people do to help deal with all of that added stress, especially during elections so or really weed. anything that's going on in our society? Absolutely. So I think the first thing is that awareness around this, that emotional stress can cause higher inflammation in your heart. It can increase uh, the stress hormones, so to speak, and cause more clotting in the heart that can lead to a heart attack. So what you need want to do is Make sure that if you're already on some medications for blood pressure for heart disease, make sure you're taking that. Try to get your regular exercise in and you're getting your sleep in, you know, mindfulness yoga and all those relaxation techniques. And then finally, you should also realize that uh, it's easier said than done, but try not to take these external stresses literally to your heart. Good to know. Dr. Jamal Rana with Kaiser Permanente. Thanks so much for your time. That was all good inf for <clears throat> information, except for mindfulness and yoga, because there's a pipeline from that shit to QAnon. So <clears throat> just be careful if you go to a yoga studio. Look for, <laughs> look for, look for signs, like specifically like signs on the door <laughs> about right. like vaccines or masks or some shit. Yeah. Don't, don't want to stress yourself out while you're trying to de-stress. That's for sure. Well, um, yeah, just take care of yourself. You know, elections can be very, um, painful and emotional experiences um but don't take it personally and try to try to just put things in perspective and remember that there's always another election there's always another election until there aren't any more elections because we forgot that they're important and let them go away um just take take it easy 
take care of yourself. Don't get riled up about every town hall. And the best the best solution is winning. My always my, my best only solution is always there. to win. Always to win because you can always change. You can change so much more if you win. All right, shall we sh- shall we head out with a little Austin Bennett action? Are we? Are we? Oh, nice. I'm looking into it here. Now. We're getting deep. We're digging deep here. Ooh. Here we go. Austin Bennett Zoom hearing. This was from <clears throat> March 17th of 2022. And there's no video of it. It's just the audio. Uh, Ninja from chat had to order the CD from the court. He had to send them a physical check and they mailed him a CD. <laughs> and- With like the audio file? Yes. Of the of yes. the hearing, that's brilliant. Our audience does not mess around brilliant. when it comes to finding stuff out. This isn't that long. You, I think, I think you're going to enjoy this. From the A30 counter, page one, Bennett present on Zoom. Tennis Bennett, nineteen MI zero one nine zero one four. Norman, it's Lily from Mr. Bennett. This has been on several times for ID of counsel. All right, uh, Mr. Bennett, can you unmute, please? Hi, Mr. Bennett, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? I can, yes. Uh, give me a moment. Uh, yes, uh, I don't have your video yet. Oh, you were on video, but then you went away. Can you start your video, Mr. Bennett? Yeah, it should. I can see myself. There you are. I can see you now. Are you Kenneth Austin Bennett, correct? Yes. Uh, Mr. Bennett, uh, have you hired an attorney? Uh, I, I decided not to, Your Honor. I'm going to go pro per. Okay. And uh, there was some a question from uh, the um, pre- has have the public defense has the public defender's office been appointed in this case? Yes, we we have, uh, Your Honor, Miss. Ms. Stewart, um, though, made, made some notes from before about what should happen if this... All right. I, I do have... No, actually, actually, the, that, do you remember the, the last couple of hearings, you guys were fired. We were so, fired. Uh, so I don't know where you're going with that because you are, you are not representing me. And, uh, you know, the last time you didn't even call me before my hearing... I am not interested in the public defender. We made that decision a couple of hearings ago. We, so we understand. I don't know why we understand. Thought that you're representing me. Um, we that's, that's far from the truth. But in any case, I have a right to go pro per. I'm not interested in having you guys represent me. I interviewed the attorney, and that's what this this was about. Uh, considering having a trial attorney represent me, and I decided to go pro per, which is my right. All right. Uh, Mr. Bennett, uh, I, I know that the previous judge had some concerns regarding your uh, competency to represent yourself, uh, and I, I do share in some. Uh, your, your Honor, that, that's not that's not to your discretion. I have the right to go pro. Oh, you know what? You don't ever tell the judge that something isn't at their discretion, and when they're having a court proceeding, that's a bad idea. <laughs> oh my god don't tell the judge their job that's not gonna win you any points austin you guys time consideration on my behalf but that is not even that is not even uh per your discretion this is my right to go pro per and i'm gonna go pro per 
It is, uh, however, Mr. Bennett, before you do that, the court must ensure that you are competent to represent yourself. So I am going to suspend criminal proceedings pursuant to 1368. I am going to... So, Your Honor, Your Honor could Bennett. you clarify where you guys have the right to decide? I mean, what are you talking about in terms of competency? Give me, give me the discussion. So You're going to meet with a doctor. If you are found competent, then the court will feel oh comfortable. Oh my goodness! You are going to feel co really? is going to be really? comfortable <laughs> having you represent yourself. You guys yourself. are extraordinary. There's a lot of political pressure on you, isn't there? You have an attorney who lied about mercury being in vaccines. It's a neurotoxin, and and you are letting this guy get away with it. Henry Schubert sued. So, Mr. Bennett, um, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to order criminal proceedings suspended. You're ordered to meet with the doctor. Madam Clerk, do we have a doctor? Dr. Nakagawa. Dr. Nakagawa. You guys are, you guys do are we have totally, a I mean, you are, you are Mr. Bennett, if you keep talking over me, I'm, you're going to be muted. And do we have the uh, contact for the defendant to uh, forward to Mr. Nak to um, Dr. Nakagawa? I do. All right. Well, the uh, court will order a evaluation. Well, I will. I will have representation, Mr. I, I will have representation again. If you keep talking over the doctor, me, I'm going to have to mute you. I will have representation. All right. I'm now going to mute you. <laughs> I'm now going to mute you. You're ordered to do so, and um, the court will request that Dr. Nakagawa perform a competency evaluation to include competency to stand trial and Dr. Uh, and for the defendant to represent himself. And. Um, we are going to return back, I believe, in Department 17 for that. And, uh, Madam Clerk, what is the uh, return date for that? Uh, Your Honor, it would be on any Wednesday at 8.30. So I would suggest um, putting this to the, um, how about uh, May 11th. Oh, maybe that's not okay. The rest of this is just like procedural stuff. This is uh, yeah, but I was just so beautiful though. Like, <laughs> how can you, how can you deny that Austin is just like he's the he's the down ballot king? Like he he's just he is our raison de toit. Like, um, I, honestly, if this show hadn't existed, I think he probably would have inspired it to exist. So, thank you, Austin, for all of your be beautiful content. Over and, the years. and I'll go ahead and put a link to that in our uh, Discord for anybody who wants to check that out. I, nice. Uh, yeah, I can, I can link that in our Discord for sure. Oops, Beautiful. I just need to find it. So what do you think's going to... Like, it's been a long time since the shove heard around the world, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounds... I mean, it, these things do take a while to progress, right? Um even with the high profile stuff like the, there's a you know there's class action suits against the city of san jose around the george floyd protests that are still you know weaving their way through the courts um two years later almost so yeah i know th these things take a while and if austin's playing hard to get like this then um you know, it, the, the, the more they have to send him to you know doctors to assess his competence to represent himself right 
just the longer it's going to take. If he was a sane person and he just took the damn public defender, <laughs> um, it uh, would probably be over pretty quick, but he's not the same person. And that's why he's facing this charge in the first place. Right. So, well, it, the, I just, oh, man. you know, what's funny though, is he thinks it's high profile. Did you hear him saying like, Oh, you're under this political pressure and one of your people. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. He thinks that yeah. this is like some kind of high profile case that's being like hidden by the media. <clears throat> right but, but the, no and they're not so why would they be feeling any political pressure right if there's no media attention and there's no pressure at all like why would they be feeling any pressure <laughs> they're not they're, they're like laughing they're having a hard time like being very i could hear it like their procedural voices coming out but they're having a hard time containing themselves this who is this fucking guy so what do you think's gonna happen if you had to like based on like i <clears throat> i didn't know uh, kind of what was going on until I heard that hearing. I have an opinion of what's going to happen, but I want to know what you think is going to happen. Well, I'm actually now, since he's, the, he's, he's been court ordered to see a, a psychologist or some sort of doctor, I think that it's entirely possible he gets, you know, a, a, a prognosis of being mentally unfit. And if not, in, if not insane i mean i i've never found the guy to be all that rational um so and the way he talks and the way he's so sensitive about any uh any slight to himself right can you imagine him talking to a psychologist or, or a therapist he would jump in and be like well you know that's not your purview therapist you're not allowed to talk to me about my feelings or what i think about my mom right <laughs> so i i think that they i've just sheer frustration you could end, he could end up in jail or in an, an insane not, they don't have asylums anymore, but in some sort of program, some remanded program for a while. Um, or he gets off with a slap on the wrist and has to do community service. Yeah, my guess is that they find that he's not competent to represent himself, but that he is competent to stand trial. <clears throat> and then they're basically just going to mute him and let his let the just let the public defender do all the negotiating and sort of like. I don't know if they, I don't know how that works, but there's, you know, there's got to be some way they're all but trying him in absentia because he's, he can't, he can't do it. He can't shut the fuck up. Yeah. If there's, if there's some delineation there, I guess I, my like, impression was he could just say, I don't want the public defender and, you know, and they just try him as it were. But yeah, if he's not competent to represent that, if he's not competent to represent himself, I still think he can refuse the public defender for some reason or for, but uh, I don't know. I don't know how the rules work. I have to ask the good wife. She's the lawyer. Oh, you should show her that video. It's in the peanut gallery of the Discord. She's going to love it. I'm, should, I'm definitely should, showing it to her. You should show her that video for sure. She's going to be so happy. She's going to be so happy. Um, anyway, so out? We... I mean, that's, that's it. That's the show, right? It is. It is uh, a fabulously tight episode of Down Ballot, even with my uh, audio failures at the beginning there, but um, we got it figured out. So thank you, listener, for staying tuned to the podcast this whole time, even after the dead air on the, on the top there. And uh, thank you, viewer, and uh, everyone in the Twitch chat and everyone who, who gives us your bucks um, on a regular basis. It really keeps this operation flowing, and we want it to keep flowing. So please stay tuned tonight to Local Love, the other half of our local show with producer Dave and our good friend Chip DeVille. Um, fabulous local music coming your way. And of course, stay tuned to all of the wonderful shows on the Echoplex Media Network. Get to echoplexmedia.com to find out all about them. Uh, hope you have your vax. Hope you get your booster. Hope you... Keep wearing your masks in squishy, crowded places. Um, but pants, as always, are optional. <laughs> Thank you.
pick up my phone just to check and see who's calling Dress up real nice for the ladies at the bar And I'm driving in my car just to get to where they are Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing greens Here at the front of the stage waiting for MTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me About five minutes later we're all singing Queen that get the fuck up on stage and rock the scene Yeah, we do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Enjoy the band I turn and head back to the bar For a refill, man Because you know where we are We're headed out to the car To smoke another one And another one Now just when the magic starts kicking in Now here we left playing And now it's time to head in Alright everybody now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it And then pass it to me We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band, enjoy that band. Last up on the bill for the show tonight, it's down and dirty and five, so we're headed outside to spark up another joint. Now who's got my lighter? Stoner E, of course, shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch being who I gotta be. I'm fucked up like the U.S. economy. The truth is, is that I don't think logically. Stoner E, take you on a psychedelic now inside motherfuckers is rocking me And outside shit we smoke a lot of broccoli Rocky the roller, you're the sexy girl be jocking me Ain't too drunk to fuck but I'll probably do a sloppily We do what we want What we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band So sit back and enjoy the band Yeah.
all the goth DJs and Twitch witches are hanging out on Thursday for the bad VHS rips, unblinking eyes, and fire by night. Thetans and Satans comes from an interest in the cult of Scientology, moral panics, Satanism, and how they set the tone for the extremist social media panics of today. We really earn our weird left Twitch badge with this show, watching the world go red light in reverse every Thursday at 9 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com.